Beautiful words stir my heart. I will recite a lovely poem about the king. For my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips. God himself has blessed you forever. Put on your sword, O oh mighty warrior. You are so glorious and so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts. The nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. Your love, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. Myrrh and aloes and cassia perfume your robes. In ivory palaces, the music of strings entertains you. King's daughters are among your noble women. At your right side stands the queen wearing jewelry of finest gold. Listen to me, O royal daughter. Take heart to what I say. Forget your people and your family far away. For your royal husband delights in your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord.
Yeah. 
just said, you know how good God is. Wow. Is there anybody alive out there? I don't want to scare anybody with my enthusiasm. Ramp it up. We need it. Woo! Good morning. God is going to take our 102 Operation Christmas Child boxes out this week. They will be sent to the distribution centers. They are going to go in the name of the Lord with power and impact influence for the nations. Souls will be saved because of the gifts that we are sending around the world through Operation Christmas Child. And we are blessed. And God, I ask right now that you would just... Even now, draw the heart of each one that's going to receive those boxes. God, that they would be cultivated and made ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. That there would be no doubt in their mind that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that they need to trust in him, that they would know him for all eternity. Hallelujah. Thank you, everyone, for taking tabs for the uh, dinner baskets we're doing for Thanksgiving. For those who could use those. And we need that food back either today or Tuesday because we need to get those bas baskets all put together to be distributed next Sunday. So if you didn't bring in your food, if you could get it to us by Tuesday, we will be doing our Good News Tuesday service, 6.30 here Tuesday night. And so that will be your last chance to bring your food in unless you've made private arrangements with either Jeff or Melissa. So Melissa's waving. Thank you, Melissa. So, God is good. He's doing some awesome stuff. Thank you for everybody that's already took those things and brought food in. Uh, we appreciate it, and I'm sure other people are going to appreciate it, too. Thank you. All right, you can roll the videos. Video. 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 I'm Pastor Chuck, and this is my wife, Georgia. We're both members here at Grace Point Church. We've had a ministry for a little more than 10 years. It's called the Manor of Seneca Hill. It's a place where the elderly can be, but they can also come to know Jesus Christ. Pure and undefiled religion is to visit widows and orphans in their need. We would enjoy having other people from our church family to uh, join us. Thank you. Thank you. Grace Point Church is moving forward in the Word of God together something we call March 4th. I'm going to show you how you can get involved. Look for our yearly schedule and our bookmarkers right here on the corner of the table as you come in in the morning. Come a few more steps in and what you find is our church calendar. You can also find us on Facebook at Grace Point Church, Pulaski, New York. We hope you'll join with us at March 4th. Hey, Pastor Don here. Thank you for choosing Grace Point Church this morning. We are so happy and pleased that you are here. You are welcome here. I pray that all your needs will be met today. God bless you. Amen. Let's stand up together. I'm just going to read some things real quick out of Colossians chapter 1. You tell me if you agree. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Is that a yes or a no? Yes. 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 Stuff for your heart. Do you agree? I agree. Yes. I agree. He existed before anything was created. I agree. Yes. I, agree. Yes. I should put Jesus in front of this. Jesus is supreme over all of creation. Yes, he is. 
For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Yes, he did. He made the things we can see. He made the things we can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Yes, it was. Do you believe that today? Yes, I do. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood Amen. on the cross. Amen. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Elmo, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. It was Amos, I believe, wasn't it? That said, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Prophet Amos, right? In the Old Testament. One of the reasons that we think about what it is we believe and ask ourselves, do I believe this, is so we can walk in unity into the presence of God. You see, God wants to meet with us. The scripture says if you want to meet with God, you draw near to him in faith, and he will draw near to you. All right. So everybody got your instruments? Who's on the worship team this morning? I am. All right. We're going to try something. Put up the chorus for Dancing on the Grave. Alright. So this is a little bit of a different tune. But we're going to need help. I want to see if you guys can worship with us. If any of you guys can figure out how to dance with this, I want to see it.
to pick songs that are relevant to what's going on. God is doing a lot of good things.
If you say it's real, then I'll sing. If you say release on it, if you're in it with me, I'll be When you say that you're my
so now is the time in the service where all the little ones got to put their instruments back and go back to their parents. Thanks for joining us up here, guys. Thanks, Tim, for being brave. Cause if you say it's wrong, then I'll say no. If you say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll
come to us in the midst of the storms. Lord God, your eyes are upon us even if we're riding the storm to the other side. Yet, Lord God, you are with us. We thank you, Lord God, that you are for us. That your plans are to prosper us, to give us hope for the future, not to harm us. So, Lord God, have your way this day. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us you care for us. Lord God, that you're interceding for us. And Lord God, you desire to dwell within our hearts. You desire to use us to reach others. Lord God, you have given us the authority to go. You have given us the calling to, to move forth. I told Joshua to get the people ready. And Lord God, the, the waters of the Jordan opened. They were no longer in a dry desert, but moving to the promised land. Lord God, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that your promises are always held for us. That you never forget your promise. You never forget your people. That you're always with us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen and Amen. Our ushers will come forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have provided for us. Lord God, that you have made provisions for us, a home or food. And Lord God, a ride. And Lord, for so many things, for lights and 
You've placed us in a, in a country, Lord God, that we can openly serve You, Lord God, and openly praise You. So Lord God, we thank You today. We lift up this offering, Lord God, a tenth of tithe, a portion of what You've already given us, Lord God. May we give back a portion gratefully, Lord God, as You have first given unto us all. Bless the gift and the giver, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen, amen and Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Pastor Dave said some time ago, it's been about three weeks ago, obviously. Uh, not obviously, but uh, three weeks ago to the day. He said something that stuck with me. He said something that's kind of stuck with me and I've been praying about. He said, sometimes where you're planted is a hard place to grow. You know, sometimes in the circumstances of life, it's hard to grow. We talk about growing in the Lord, but, but if you're still addicted, it's hard to grow in that place. If you're, if you're suffering with poverty in a sense, or, or at least compared to what others would call uh, a deep need, guess what? It's a hard place to grow. If you're in a, in a place where, where there's no Christians around you, it's a hard place to grow. But yet God has called us and placed us in those places and said that we can grow, but we can only do it as we trust in Him. Amen? And we can only do that when we are consistent and, and we persist in, in the Word of God and believe in His promises and stand up in faith. Amen. See, faith is like a root, the tap root that grows deep and to anchor into. That's what our faith is, really, is the, the main root of a tree, the big center root that drives deep into the stone or the rock. Amen. That is how we grow, in a hard place. We trust, we believe, we remember what God has already done. And to know that He promises to be with us even in the midst of the storm. And to know that He has been with us in storms and that He has brought us through them. Amen? Whether it be a physical storm, a, a provisional need, or, or just our feelings. We sang about our feelings. To let our feelings go. Man, our feelings drive us to insanity sometimes, don't they? They can if our feelings are, I'm feeling hurt, or I'm feeling cheated, or I'm feeling fearful, or I'm feeling that, that for some reason that no, I'm alone. Them are hard places to grow. How do you grow in those times? Well, today, if you were with us three weeks ago, you're going to hear some of the same things because I gave you the outline of, a, uh, of, a, uh, of, of the Word of God, but I want today to go back to that same outline and to expand on it a little bit. So if you hear some of these things, sounds like that pastor's using the same sermon. Well, it's the same outline. Uh, but today I'm going to break it down a little bit. It comes from 2 Timothy. It was three weeks ago. Uh, Paul was in his second, uh, writing his second letter to Timothy. Paul's in prison. Can you imagine being, can you imagine being the Apostle Paul, the anointed, the called one of God, <laughs> to the Gentiles, but yet he spent so much time in prison. Who but Paul would have uh, any reason to, to, to complain and to say, where is this God who claims to be my all in all? As he sits in prison. But instead of complaining and content, instead of focusing on the negatives, the things that, that seem to be binding him or, or restricting him, Paul used it for something that would expand the gospel across the world for all times. And he wrote letters which are recorded in the Bible for us to see that in these hard times, in this hard place of prison, under confinement, under constant watch, 
Under being everything being uh, watched over very tightly, Paul thrived and he wrote Scripture that encourages us even today. In a hard place, Paul grew. He grew closer to God in his faith even though the circumstances looked grave and they were grave. Because this was probably the last time that, that the last prison Paul would be in before his death. And he knew that, Scripture says, that, that he probably, uh, that, he, that he was, if you read the commentaries about it. But Paul in his second letter to Timothy uh, gives some insights into healthy ways to process life in every season. How to process life in every season. He was in prison. And he talks about being abandoned. Everybody had left him um, um, but one. And, and he was writing Timothy, asking Timothy to, Timothy to come and bring others with him and to bring some provisions with him. In a hard place, a hard season. He gives us some insight that, that we might live or sustain the hard times of life. He recorded them. That we might complete the race and, and walk this Christian life even though times are hard and, and sometimes we don't understand why things are the way we are or the way things are. Ever been in a place like that? I think we all have, amen? Because where is our faith that hasn't been tested? Is it really faith at all if I can do it on my own? Is it really faith at all if I, can, if I could just pay the bill? Is that faith to pay the bill? Only if that... Paying that bill leaves another one yet unpaid, amen? Then it becomes a great faith, a great step of faith. Or the, the cupboards are empty, but yet I pay the bill that, that is due. Obviously, that becomes faith. See, Paul's writing from the Roman prison, and, and the wisdom of God is speaking through Paul. We have to read this as the wisdom of God speaking through Paul. Because it's not something that we as humans can do in ourselves because we become fearful, become woe is me, and we become uh, looking at the negative many times instead of the positive. But with Christ being dwelling in Paul, using Paul through the Holy Spirit that we sang, Holy Spirit, come, and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, Paul was led by the Holy Spirit, knowing that God, even in these times, was with him. 2 Timothy 4, 9 plus 11, it says, We must have uh, Paul come to the conclusion that he needed companionship. And I talked about this three weeks ago. It's on. This part of the outline. We need companionship, friends, and co-workers. Who needs co-workers? Man, they're the most irritating thing there ever was most of the time. Many of them are not Christians. Many of them uh, don't think as we think, and then they're selfish people, and, and they're all trying to climb the ladder in a sense, trying to be people pleasers, and, and all these things. And, and our friends sometimes, when we, when we think that they ought to be doing one thing, they do another, or they, they chose to go visit another friend instead of coming to me in my need. See, Paul had these issues all going on. He was in prison, and he said many abandoned him. Even Paul needed helpers. And I tell you today, as Paul needed helpers we need helpers today. Why did he need helpers? You know, to... to, to and what did the Scripture say? Let me read it to you. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 9. It says, Do your best to come to me quickly. See, Paul, so many times in life I tell you guys we struggle and we sit in silence, but yet we don't tell of our needs, but yet we begin to hold grudges against people because they're not meeting our need and we haven't told them we have a need. Does that make sense? How many times do we struggle in silence? And we think, I'm tough enough, <coughs> excuse me, I can take it. But the reality is, 
God has created us for companionship, not to complain about the negatives, but to share our feelings that others would come alongside of us, lift us up, help us through the difficult times, help us to see things through different eyes many times. Oh, as bad as things seem, maybe they aren't as bad as the neighbor down the road. See, Paul come to the, uh, wrote, do your best to come to me quickly. He made his need known, guys. We must make our needs known. Verse 11 says, Only Luke is with, with me. God, uh, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. See, I tell you that, that Paul needed help in ministry. In his present ventures. What he's doing now. And we all need presence and help in life. We all need help in life. If, if your car's going to the shop, you need somebody to pick you up and bring you to wherever you need to go while it's getting worked on. If, if, you're, if you're feeling sick, maybe somebody could pick up some meds for you. If you're feeling good, and, but yet you have no place to go, we need some place to go and, and spread that encouragement to others. Does that make sense? We need those things. Self can, if it's all self-contained and all about me, guess what? Then we become very selfish people and we don't understand the blessings we have because we don't see the struggles of others. But he says, do your best to come to me quickly. Only Luke is with me. Uh, bring Mark uh, with you because he is helpful to me in ministry. He is helpful to me. See, he's feeling abandoned. Only one with me is Luke. But I tell you, Paul never reached a place where he didn't need somebody. He didn't need other people. He said, he's valuable to me in ministry. Bring him, come quickly, he says. I'm struggling. Come with me, come to me quickly. He didn't isolate himself. In our struggles, many times we want to, to isolate ourselves. And If they didn't call me, I'm not calling them. You know? <laughs> Uh, if, they didn't, if they didn't come and visit me, I'm not going to go and visit them. Because they didn't meet my need in the, in the time of an hour that, of my need, I'm not going to meet their need even though I know they have a need. Ever been there? We all have been there. And because of these things, that is a hard, we cannot grow unless we have an attitude that Paul talks about a little later in the Scripture. He talks about that, that, that people left him. He said, Demas deserted me in, in 2 Timothy 4.10. He said that Alexander done me great harm in, in 2 Timothy 4.14. In fact, he even warns him against him. If you read the old scripture, he warns him against Alexander. Beware of him. But right after he does this beware of him thing, he almost recants himself. See, we need fellowship. He said bring uh, Luke and Mark and Timothy and, and he needed provision. He said asked him to bring his cloak, his scrolls and the parchments. Of course we know that he was in prison. He couldn't go get them for himself. But guess what? In life we're going to constantly need things. I visited some people this weekend and, and they all needed something. You know, I went to, to well I went to visit but I, I didn't have any idea of the extent of the need when it seems like there's lots of churches and pastors there. But there's always a need. Somebody needs lifted up. Somebody needs encouragement wherever we go. He needed someone to, 
to go on with ministry even after he was gone. See, we need people that we can raise up and that will come alongside us, not only in the ministry that we're doing or in the work that we're doing for the Lord ministry, uh, but yet to continue ministry uh, when we're long gone. Does that make sense? The Word of God needs to continue to be to passed on to people who need it and, and, and the God's grace and mercy needs to be extended in these times where there seems to be no grace and mercy for anyone. There's not even any reverence for the office of president anymore. And I'm not getting into politics here. I'm just saying that even the office of president, people talk about him like he's uh, worse than dirt. Guess what? There's no reverence. God says pray for those in authority over you. Not to run them down constantly. See, he needed someone to help do the ministry of the present time and in the future time. He needed someone to help him uh, with provisions. All these things we need in life. But I tell you, Paul generally just loved to work. And he loved to work with others. Because guess what? One can go... How many know that... You ever go on a trip? Man, one person can throw his clothes in there and he'd be gone. Man, it seems so much faster. But I tell you, if you have a flat tire in the process, it's so much easier to have two unload the stuff and load the stuff back up, and and thus you're going to get further faster with two. Does that make sense? you got someone to talk to so you stay alert and and awake and on task longer times so you get two can go further than one many times. Because there's the fellowship and there's the encouragement and, and there's the swapping of the drivers and, there, and, and there's the, the one reading, of course, reading the map is a day in the past. I, you know, I used to be the pilot. My wife was a navigator. We argued constantly. Navigator, <laughs> pilot to navigator. And she said, oh, leave me alone. You know, you ever been there? Today you look at the GPS. And we complain about it too. She doesn't speak quick enough or plain enough for us or loud enough. But I tell you that one can get further and faster many times to get up and go faster, but two can go further in the long run. Because when one is sick, the other lifts the other up. When there's a need, two can supply the need quicker than one many times. Amen? When there's encouragement, one encourages the other. Why does God, why did, why did Jesus send them out two by two? Why did Jesus uh, say that, that where two or more are gathered in their midst, I will be? Not that He can't be with each one, but, but we can do greater things in numbers. Through Paul, God was telling us that our hearts will be broken. Man, I talked about our need for people. But how many know that when we have people around us, we're going to become discouraged? We're going to become hurt by what people do because we have feelings. We have our own agendas. They have their own agendas and they have their feelings. And Oh man, Denise is not with us today. She's feeling like she's about to have seven little children. Her puppy's having her puppies today, I guess. So she's home and I'm sure she's feeling great anxiety at this point. That's her... That's her little dog there is about to give birth to who knows how many little pups. When we become sick, we become anxious. Especially when it drags on day after day, week after week, and now we're into months. Man, we need each other. But Paul's telling us that but people will hurt us. Because he said that so-and-so left me, and this person left me, and, and come quickly because I am all alone, he says. 
See, people will disappoint you in life. They will let you down. Get used to it. <laughs> Don't be offended by it. Because maybe our expectations are too high for them. Maybe they had something just as important come up in their life and they had to go deal with their issues. They can't necessarily be there to deal with mine at this moment. Does that make sense? As much, see, we get selfish and we get self-contained and then our problems become huger than the God who says, I will supply your needs. Because we focus on the problem, not the God who is the solution to the problems. But Paul, he says, come quickly. Not everyone who starts with you will finish with you in your ministry or your walk. You know, not all your friends are going to be with you at the end of your life. Some are going to die for different reasons. Some are going to leave other parts of the country or other parts of the world. Some are no longer going to like you because of whatever issues. Maybe you become a Christian and now you're not equally yoked, you're not alike, and you drift apart. But we can't allow that to stop from making new friends for a new purpose. Amen? So we have to understand that... that that not everyone's going to be with us in the beginning, or that it's with us beginning will be where in the end for many reasons. Maybe God will take them home. Maybe God will even take them to a higher spot than you are. And we can become jealous of that if we're not careful too, which would cause us to stop growing. Lord, why? I know all of these done, but yet look where you've got him. Remember, with high position comes high accountability and high visibility. That's not always good. You want people, you want to be president and have all eyes on you? Oh, look at the power he has. Look at what he's going through. The scrutiny and the, and I'm not, and I'm not getting political. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, though I could give you my opinion, but I'm not going to do that today. I tell you, the higher you are in visibility and position, the higher the scrutiny is on you. Everybody's looking for you to fail or make a, a wrong decision or a decision that doesn't agree with what their perspective is. We need God. And Paul kept focused on God. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody has to like you for God to use you. <laughs> Just because people don't like you doesn't mean that you're not on the right path for God's calling for your life. Not everybody's going to like you. But that's okay, because they're entitled to their opinion, and, and God may have them on a separate path or, or a path behind you or whatever, even ahead of you, it doesn't matter. But remember that not because everybody doesn't like you doesn't mean that you're not on the path that God has called you to. Paul was put into prison. He was the anointed one of God. He was sent to the Gentiles, and many salvations and souls were saved, and ministers raised up and he was doing the work of God but yet he was thrown in prison people did not like Paul oh but they loved him when he was Saul the Roman nation but he was the same man except changed all of a sudden most of Rome was against him because now he was he was speaking Jesus Christ the son of God and and instead of putting those in prison who believed or murmured the name of of Christ the Messiah See, not everybody liked Paul, did they? And not everybody liked him in the beginning, liked him in the end. And, and not everybody who, who was with him in the beginning was with him in the end, was there? <laughs> it's an example to us all. It says, Demas deserted me and Alexander did me much harm. We must learn to, 
to forgive and move forward. Paul learned and he talked about forgiving and moving forward. Paul says, may it not be held against them. But that's not, that's not until after he talked about Demas uh, left me and Alexander done me great harm. And he said then, what does he say if you go to... Uh, oh, uh, where is it? It's in 4, maybe 10, 11, I don't know. Paul says, at my first offense, no one came... To my support, but everyone deserted me. He's talking about his feelings here. He just spoke about Demas leaving him, Alexander doing him great harm. I'm telling you, beware of Alexander. Don't trust him. In his very next statement, he says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everybody deserted me. Woe is me. I'm alone. In a cold place. Nobody is here to help me. My first defense is to whine, isn't it? Is that our first defense? That's our first reaction. I don't believe it's our first defense. Paul was almost defending himself for for the things that he just said. Let me tell you why I talked about him so harshly. (laughs) Oh, but. I forgive you, but. You've done this to me. Ever say that? Oh, I forgive you, but you remember what you did. We've all been there. That's no forgiveness. That's trying to justify why I feel the way I feel this moment. Paul says, in my first defense, who is defending Paul? Paul is defending Paul here, not the Lord. But then he goes on. See, if we walk around offended guys or wounded, then we will become victims. And if we're victims, we're going to have a victim mentality. Woe is me. People have hurt me. And I want to get back at them. See, Paul had a victim mentality for a split second. He said, in my first defense... Oh, woe is me. They've, de- they've, de- they've deserted me and, and they've talked about me and, they, and they've talked about false doctrine and all oh, they've hurt me. And then he says, if you go to verse 16 and 17, though others deserted me, God stood by me. Oh, see where he came from? He came from, oh, my defense. Oh, I said it because I was hurt. I said it because I wanted you to be aware of what they've done to me. Jesus didn't say, Oh, Father, look what they're doing to me on the cross here. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See the difference in the attitude? Oh, we all fail. Thank God for His grace and mercy. If we walk around offended, or wounded, then we become victims. And if we're victims, hurt people hurt people rather than than forgiving anybody. We begin to justify why I'm hurt and why they deserve to be in a bad place. And and they God strike them down, Lord. How many times do we hear that in the Psalms when when David or any of the psalmists are hurt? How long must I endure? See, we remain in bondage rather than the free people we're called to be in Christ. We become bound in our our affliction, and the affliction is offense. Our hurt. 
My expectation of people that binds us up so we can't even pray. We forget our faith and and who our faith is in and what He has done for us already. Paul learned this. 2 Timothy verse 16 and 17 and I'm closing today. Though others deserted Him. Verse 17. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Gave me strength to... So through me, the message still might be fully proclaimed. And that the message might continue to go forth. Not the message that, oh, look what they have done to me. But, oh, look at the power of God who stood by me and who delivered me. Amen. <clears throat> that others might hear the delivered Paul. The Paul delivered from himself. The Paul delivered from his, from his own attempt to defend himself with Alexander and, and Demas who, who, who left him in a sense, abandoned him in his hour of need, who spoke badly against him. That the Gentiles might hear. <clears throat> Why is it important that Paul said that the Gentiles might hear? Because those who are the Gentiles are the ones that he was sent to speak to, you and me. Not Jewish or Gentile. That's it. That's even simpler than black and white. Because guess what? There's red skin, there's yellow skin, there's black, there's white, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, we talk about racial. <laughs> guess what? God made it very clear. If you're Gentile or you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> we can describe our skin color all we want. But guess what? Even though we're Gentile, we still can be adopted into the family of Christ Amen. and to be with Him for eternity. That's why it's so important that He sent Paul to the Gentiles because of the Jewish rejection of the Messiah of Jesus Christ. He opened the doors up for the Gentiles to, to become not as Jew, not Jewish, but to become as Jews accepted into the family of Christ. Which means we have an inheritance. We have a, we have a Messiah. We have a God who died for us, who provides for us, who intercedes for us today, who rose from the dead. Hallelujah! We're sons and daughters of the Most High, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And He's interceding for us today. And all the walls that keep us from coming directly to Him have been torn down as the curtain was rent as He was on that cross. <laughs> Why is it important that Paul came to these places? Because he's an example for us as our struggles go on. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. If you don't remember anything but that today, get that down into you. Because remember the times that were so hard you didn't think you were going to get through or you didn't see that that you would ever change or anything good was ever going to happen and all of a sudden you woke up and things were changed and things were different. You had hope again for another day. See, you came through the hard place and then you came to the, to, the, to the place of milk and honey where God provided. Man, woo, we get excited. We're in the land of milk and honey. 
Oh, but then the enemy steps up. Oh, we should have stayed in the desert. (laughs) Should have stayed where I was. If we stay where we were, they'd have shriveled up and died just as a fig tree did. Because God blesses those who step out in faith. God blesses those who stay in place if He's called you to stay in place. God blesses those who who go when He says to go. God blesses those who obey. Who wants to obey? Who truly believes you hear from God? Let's go there. And when you do, most of the time we say, Lord, that couldn't have been you. You better, you better speak again. <laughs> because it doesn't line up with who I am or, or where I would normally go or say anything that I might normally say, let alone with any confidence or any power of what's being said. And it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some of those people who might think well of you, but when you speak about against those things that they're doing as God would have you to speak and speak it in love in a way that they can receive it, they may not like you anymore. Because <laughs> you're standing for something. And it's going to be more like that every day. What right is right, but guess what? What is right is called wrong today and what is wrong is called right. We're seeing it every day. It's before us every day. And for the highest land... The highest places in the land, make no mistake. Well, I thank you for coming today. As you look around and see many are gone, I've, many have called and are sick from strep throat to intestinal problems to, to puppies being born and, and uh, many other things. You know something that sounds so in... You know, to me it's... It's a natural thing and it'll take place or whatever, you know. And I'm not speaking bad about that, but what I'm saying to you, but to, the, to Denise, there's nothing more important going on in life than those puppies right now. To someone having a baby, there's nothing more important than that baby who's coming into the world if that be today. For someone who's getting a new car and they haven't, it may not be a new one, but new to them, and they haven't had a vehicle for, for months or a year, all of a sudden there's nothing more important than that great thing that's happening today. See, it's about each individual and the circumstances, but it's all a blessing of God. And He's put us on this earth that we might care for one another. Denise cares for her pup. As she should. That dog is a helper to her for, for more reason than one. I'm not going to get into it. Today, I'd ask you that you pray for those that you don't see. I want you to pray for those you do see, but I want you to pray more fervently for those that you don't see because we may not know the circumstances by which they're not here. Let's not judge them because they're not here. Let's lift them up, knowing and believing in our own heart that their desire would to be here if it weren't be some circumstance that kept them away. And we know not that circumstance on some. Let me pray with you today. There'll be those who need special prayer today and just slip up your hand. Be anybody need special prayer today? I see a hand. Anybody else? I see those hands. 
I have an opportunity to minister in the jail today. I have three services to do. I say opportunity. It's a blessing. Because I get to speak to hearts that are longing to hear some good news. Jesus is the good news. There is hope in every circumstance. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands that were lifted, Lord God, and you know the hearts right now, Lord God. I lift up each need for you, Lord God, from from healing to restoration in the families, Lord God, from provision, Lord God, to, to Lord God, an open door to, to just have some hope, Lord God. No matter what the circumstance, Lord God, you know what it is. Lord God, you could, you could call down a, a legion of angels. Lord God, you could move the mountains. Lord God, you can provide a million dollars. Lord God, that you could provide wisdom and faith. And, and Lord God, that you send your spirit upon each one of us. No matter the need, Lord God, if it be fear today, I pray that you would remove it, Lord God. If it need healing, Lord God, that you would heal and restore. Lord God, if it need to be Faith, an increase of faith. Lord God, I pray that hearts would be open to receive your word today. That that word would be powerful to them. To meet their need, to their spot. For Lord God, it may be a hard place to grow, but if God has planted you there, you can grow. It takes determination and perseverance. Lord God, open doors or no man can open. Close the doors you not have us to walk through. But Lord God, help us that we would encourage one another. That we would strengthen one another. And Lord God, we would walk by faith. Help us not to hear so much of what's going on around us. But Lord God, to know what's happening in us is from you. We lift up each need, each one that's not here. Touch them, Lord God. Touch those who are here. And Lord God, I pray that you'd open hearts for those who are incarcerated today, Lord God, that they might receive your word with gratefulness. Lord God, that it would change lives, renew their lives. And Lord God, that it would instill hope and faith in each one, them and us as well. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen, amen. Uh, there is a meal today, so stop and have that and, and uh, talk to... Pastor Dave and Sister Heather, if you're my wife, if you have something you need to talk about, know that I pray for you, and uh, I will be going to Jefferson County. So God bless you today. Thank you for coming and choosing Grace Point Church. Check out our uh, Facebook and whatnot. Pastor Dave is constantly putting stuff up there, uh, what's happening on Tuesday during our meetings. This will be somewhat on there, and uh, all the encouraging things, Chuck and Georgia at the manor. So many things that we need to be thankful for. God bless you and thank you for coming today.